I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supple with us tonight, what do you say? Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and oh, Sister Colin, I have such doubts. And my name is Colin Drucker, and indeed, Sister Nick, I have such doubts <laughs> this week. I I that's what I had planned and I'm Oh yeah okay good. <laughs> well, I mean, we're on the same page. Totally. Um I you know and it's it's so appropriate because I feel a lot of conflicted feelings this week. Yeah, and I think it's good to talk them out, which is I mean, the point of this podcast really. Really? But, yeah. And a conversation that I would love to have. So let's get started. Yeah, we should have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um first things first, how are you? I'm good. I uh, we had a lovely weekend. We decorated our house today. We had some friends over to like help us decorate. I always mm. get a little cranky. We have two trees now. Not to sound bougie, <laughs> oh, but we no. do have two trees, and uh, you know it's fun. The idea of it, you put on some Christmas music, you hang up, you know. But then after like three ornaments, you're like, all right, I gotta speed this up. <laughs> I hate decorating the Christmas tree. Hate yeah. it. Same. It's like I love the idea. I love everything you're saying up until the point where we're now putting ornaments on the tree. Yeah. It's like halfway through, you're like, oh, man. And then there's a whole second tree upstairs. So we have to, like, save half of the ornaments and get it just right. But we had two friends over. So there were uh, – actually, one of them was late because she, she has a kid. Kids. Yeah. They ruin everything. Kids. Yeah. Uh, but he's really cute. Anyways, um, so we had three people at one time, and we got it done in no time. So I think this might be our new tradition. But besides yeah. that, you know, we had we baked cookies. We we got pizza. Oh. It was great. Uh, no, don't skimp over the details. What kind of cookies? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's has just been. Trader Joe's, where we live in in Pittsburgh, is just far enough to a way to be inconvenient. There is yeah. there is an Aldi. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with Aldi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's much closer and uh, a giant eagle, which is like a Pittsburgh mm. um, chain. Um, but uh, Trader Joe's, although I love it, I wish it was closer. It's just far enough away. But when we go every once in a while, it's it's heaven, really. Oh, it's, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. In New York, Trader Joe's, I mean, there's a bunch of them. But, like, the problem there is just, like, you know, you get in line in the dairy section. You know what I mean? It's just, like. Oh, yes. Inter- I might as well get bad. in line and then just shop as I'm in line. Because it's basically <laughs> snaking through all of the aisles. Oh, some that's yeah. I don't miss that. No, about New York at um, all. But oh, all. Trader Joe's, God, their frozen food, don't even next level. I mean, it's it's somewhat like I their production. Like I don't know what you even call that. The people that decide what products to buy like mm-hmm. have to be stoners because they're just 
from their desserts, like their frozen desserts. I prefer, I really like, I was turned on by my friend Luke. Um, there are like these brownies. They're like these mocha brownies that are like amazing with mm. ice cream in the middle. It's like, it's ice cream sandwich. It's an ice cream sandwich, but with like brownie consistency on the outside and then like mocha ice cream and like mini chocolate chips jesus christ it's crazy (laughs) it's crazy oh well that sounds great um so you Mm -hmm. went to trader joe's then i'm assuming went to trader joe's we bought some just standard chocolate chip cookies but even Mm -hmm. those standard chocolate chip cookies um it was the chocolate uh, chip cookie dough the pre-made sort of balls Mm -hmm. you know that just Mm -hmm. kind of they're great. Everything yeah. is always great from Trader Joe's. I've never mm-hmm. had a bad product, really. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It's fantastic. And then we went to Target, and then we bought uh, those sugar cookies with the different, you know, shapes on the inside. Mm-hmm. And the ones that we bought were the little hats um, that Will Ferrell. It's they were Elf, mm-hmm. the Elf movie mm-hmm. with like the green with the yellow stripe. So that was cute. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, it was nice. Nice. Wow, you. I mean, really, just living uh such a such a uh quaint was such a quaint day like yeah it was it was you really know, lovely target yeah. and chocolate chip cookies a tree upstairs uh, i can't some stand coffee it coffee all all day long we had a pot of coffee it was great oh my god oh my god yeah wow wow <laughs> that's how she does it folks I don't know. how about you how was how was your week how was your weekend my weekend was good yeah the saturday was uh lazy daisy and then uh sunday um, I surprised, well, Sunday's today. It's actually right yeah. now. Um, so as a, a Christmas present, I surprised John with, um, there's a place in the city called Great Jones Spa. And so okay. it's like really nice. Like they do like massages and all sorts of like different stuff like that. And then they also have basically this like, there's like, um, like a jacuzzi and a cool dip pool and a big sauna and a steam room. And it's, wow. you know, this big kind of like, you know, wet lounge basically. And so it's this like whole like, thing like right in the middle of manhattan um and so i booked us massages and then we hung out in the little water lounge afterwards wow yeah that sounds très chic. i know you were worried really about does. sounding bougie weren't you <laughs> i know i take it all back oh <laughs> um, uh, yeah that sounds awesome i've never been to something like that Ooh. and it's not out of like I'm not opposed to it by any means. So, Keon, if you're listening, yeah, really, by all means, let's go. Tis the season. Um, I've also never had a massage either, which is Get crazy. Out of my house, what? I know, I know, I need to, Wh- and that also not out of like I. I mean, I welcome it. I would love it. I think it would be great. I'm not like, you know, shy or like you know, right. I, I just never think about it i guess and like none of no one in my family has probably ever had one either too i don't know like wow i mean and i know i'm wowing like a like again bougie but i think yeah you know it's it's just such a like oh girl treat yourself yes especially like 30 and above like you need it well that's the thing is i don't know how you've gotten to 30 and then beyond 30 and you're like I'm good. No, just popping a few more ibuprofen. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh. No, I need to make it happen. No. Okay. What about That's Keon? Fine. Does he? I mean, I feel like it wouldn't. Uh, yeah. It seems like he would, but I. No, not since wow. we've met. I don't think I know, but I think he has before. Mm. He's definitely been somewhere, but uh, I highly recommend. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, and you can find it for like a relatively like affordable. Like there's, you know, obviously you just kind of Google Yelp, whatever, but. Oh, it's so worth it. Even if you just go somewhere that just does massages, it doesn't have to be like a whole big, like, you know, yeah. spa. Um, it's just like, it is a level of relaxation. It's just, it's so good. You store so much tension in your body. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm excited. I think um, I think I'm gonna make it happen. Cause my my fear is I I will go to like some. I don't mind spending some money for it because I think that's honestly. I mean, I would love a bargain, but sure. I'm also afraid if I get some sort of like Groupon or go to like some dumb massage envy or something like that, that <laughs> I would get, you know, Hobo Joe giving me a massage <laughs> and not, and it wouldn't be what I want, you know, right. he wasn't digging in enough or she wasn't digging mm-hmm. in enough. Um, uh, I want it to be, I have an idea of what I want it to be. So mm-hmm. I hope that uh, that expectation. Yeah lives up to it and if you're willing to spend you can curate that you can ask for that's what true. you want yeah oh that's oh yeah. this holiday season i think you two should should make it happen all right i'm excited yeah a couple's massage too so you're just lying next to each well, other well so we did not we were in separate rooms okay and i think okay. that like i don't i need to be if 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 john was in the room i wouldn't be able to turn off because i would just the whole time i'd be like same yeah so. i would just be like look at us yeah right and i'd start laughing and like <laughs> yeah, exactly and so no, it was like separate okay. rooms. Go, you know, have your own tranquil hour. Yeah, okay. it's so good. And then you just kind of like float out afterwards. Yeah, I'm sure. Drink lots of water. They say they, they <laughs> always give you a cup of water afterwards, and I never yeah. finish it. <laughs> such a rebel, such a badass. I don't hydrate. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, um, so we 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 kind of had a little bit of an act one gun here already with yeah. our little intros here about mm-hmm. um, having some doubts, but we are here to talk about a controversial. Almost sounds a little bit too, you know, I don't know, a sort of wishy washy year in the uh, the of, of who won this award. But we're here to talk about uh, Penelope Cruz winning the best supporting actress award in two thousand nine. Was it in two thousand eight? 2008 uh for vicky christina barcelona another woody allen best supporting actress winner yeah yeah um yeah we seem to be you know running into trends here um, i know yeah yeah i um so going into this and we've talked about this before I, I had not seen this movie i saw it in the theater so i hadn't seen it in over 10 years and kind of going into this my impression was like oh my god like what is she i don't remember her doing anything remarkable in this movie that would mm-hmm. earn an Oscar award, or certainly over Viola Davis in Doubt or Amy Adams in Doubt. Yeah. And I think, and I watched a little bit, some clips from The Wrestler with Marissa Tomei, and I'm excited to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of like had that negative feeling. And I, the movie itself, I did not really enjoy. I think I've come to the conclusion that I don't need to see any more Woody Allen movies. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Why is that? To, to kind of elaborate more. Just... I, I think that, like, I was thinking about this. Like, some of it might be, it seems like the trend of things I've seen, and certainly like Hannah and her sisters and this, he, you know, and he's not the only person to do this to tell a story about somebody who's like, exploring you know cheating on somebody in the relationship or you know having all these doubts and exploring all these feelings or fully cheating on somebody and it ends with the other person never finding out and Mm. i i don't know if it's because i'm in a relationship now but that just like rubs me the wrong way i just like don't like the normalization of that like oh it's fine because doug never found out i'm like well poor fucking doug I know, Doug. Poor, so handsome. Yeah. Though. Oh God, Christmas Cena. Don't get me started. Yes, I know. Uh, actually, get me started. Oh, Christmas Cena. He is. <laughs> he is certainly like in terms of. I don't have like celebrity crushes, but I feel yeah. like if someone was like, "Oh, who? What's what celebrity do you think is really hot?" I'm like, if I had to make a list, he'd certainly be on there like right away. Yeah. 
He's delicious. Yeah. And he uh, kind of reminds it's like Mark Ruffalo vibes in a way, too. That's sort of mm-hmm. kind of dopey, kind of like almost like a jock, but also not like kind of right. dorky. I don't know. And like sort of like Italian, you know, the good Italian boy from next door. Because have you yeah. watched the Mindy Projects? I've seen a bit of it. Mindy. Yeah. So I know okay, he's kind of like that's the... sort of his character. Mm-hmm. You know, he says ma a lot. Yeah. You know? And he's got the the lip. He kind of looks like Dermot Mulroney with the like sort of. Yeah. It's like, was, Ooh, was there like a corrective surgery that had happened? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, he's delicious. Yeah. I love it. I love that look. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's great. But. Yeah, so that really put me off. This, okay, I'm going to say it right up front, and then we're going to dive in. I know I hear your thoughts, too, but these are my initial, like, thoughts at the beginning of the episode. Any other year, I could say, oh, yeah, Penelope Cruz is actually great in that movie. It's Mm -hmm. a really incredible performance. She fucking goes to a 27. Yeah. But the problem with that is that this year, what it does is it blocks out Viola Davis and Doubt which is just like one of my favorite things ever. It's Tony Collette in hereditary levels of favorite. And no slouch Amy Adams in doubt. I I certainly really discovered a lot of levels watching her again. So that's my problem is that I don't actually, I I get why she won. I just don't like it. Ooh, I love (laughs) If you could, if everyone could have seen Colin's face after he... (laughs) I BSA'd, I BSA'd so hard. You did, yeah. The the eyes, your eyes went somewhere that I've never seen before. <laughs> she was really channeling her. <laughs> the silence after, there was like weight there and like, yeah. So, you know. Uh, the moment she won it. The moment she won it. The moment... <laughs> Mama Colin won it. Let's start it out. That was, I mean. Thank you. Uh, I almost want to clap. I mean, that. hey, that listen, great. you know. Um, I would agree. I think that there is. Uh, okay, so let me uh, just briefly before I. I mean, I don't think I can live up to what you just did, but I will. I will certainly try. <laughs> I have to leave the room and walk back. Okay, so I actually owned this movie. I bought this movie when I was going through a breakup. Oh, wow. Um, I was living in Bush Gardens. I'm not in the park, literally, but I was working at Bush Gardens, but I was living in Williamsburg, and I um, was going through it. I had ended a relationship that uh, had been going on for about a year and a half. Um, I found out... It's like, I don't even know how much to say about this, but so I, I will just leave it at that. I will say, so I was kind of open to the idea of uh, both sides of this, I guess, if that makes sense. Cause um, I often, I'm going to go on a brief tangent here about Ypres love. Oh, um, take as much yes. time as you need. Yeah. Okay. So here's my, uh, I, I love Elizabeth Gilbert a lot. Um, I, I read big magic and it was very, uh, it like, changed a lot of who I was and how I thought about my creativity and my art too but I also wow. know that because um, I talked to Keon about it I was like what do you think Elizabeth Gilbert he's like I don't really like her I was like he, she left her husband and then she left her husband again and she didn't try to work any of it out she just like left hmm. and I think you you fall on the either side of that category there's a lot of middle ground of course too but like I think with myself it's not that I'm siding with Elizabeth Gilbert it's like it's kind of looking past all of the because really that's she just up and decided I'm sure it was more than just that uh 
decision, but in the book, it just seems like one day she woke up and decided, I don't want to be married to this man anymore mm. and left. And with Vicky Cristina Barcelona, you know, like you said, there, there is, and Woody Allen movies in general, there are, there is that, uh, narrative of, and, and to make it worse. Yeah. No, they don't find out. Yeah. Which it's, um, so it's shitty. It's shitty behavior, but you don't, it's not that you don't notice it. It's just that it's wrapped up in these beautiful performances and these beautiful settings that you almost sort of uh, forgive it is maybe too strong of a word. Um, but for the people that uh, A, are just maybe looking through it through a different lens or like like you and Keon that would probably, he'd probably think the same thing. Mm-hmm. If, if I made him watch this movie, he would not like it. Uh, and, and maybe I think anyone who's ever been cheated on would probably not like this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in the past or present or whatever it is, or just like general feelings. But um, I, I watched this movie a lot actually when I was, when I got it, I bought it and I was like obsessed with it. And then I just kind of forgot about it for eight years. So I forgot that I had it and I went back and I, I do, I hesitate saying this, but I do like this movie. If, if not for this, uh, the fact that I think it's, I love the music. First of all, that Barcelona song mm-hmm. is so catchy at the beginning. That's obviously not a reason to like a movie, but I, I, I am interested in these sort of love triangles and the idea of like what love can be and what a relationship can be and how he explores that. But it's also pretty tumultuous. And I think Juan Antonio is like the antagonist in this movie. He is not a good guy. Yeah. But he is very, um, and we'll talk about Juan Antonio. Oh, we will. Oh, um, yeah. It's because he's, speaking of just delicious, Javier Bardem is like. It, uh, it, it's just, yeah. I mean, I just, I did not remember. It was like watching it. It was like, I remember seeing this movie when it came out, but watching it now many years later, I feel like I'm. I'm watching an actor. I'm like, I feel like I'm watching Paul Newman in the sixties. I'm like, God, have you, were you really that gorgeous? You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is like peak Javier Bardem yeah. for me. I picture him being like, I don't know, like 42, like 42 is such a hot age. Oh, I, feel. I don't 42. know. Yeah. Like, I think it's just, a, it's beautiful. 42 to 46, older. you know, I'll give yeah, a Yeah, that is, you know? yeah. But to, to sort of finish my thoughts or just kind of rambling here, I, I am able for some reason to look at this movie to, to watch this movie through a lens of um, knowing that there's a lot of people behaving selfishly and the good people aren't ever going to know what those selfish people are doing. Mm. Because I guess, I, I don't know why, because normally I would be on your side too and be like, this is fucked up that like we're celebrating this we're rewarding it you know like these sort of movies that have been made over and over again by woody allen but i mean i i want to say like you know i i think it's what makes the movie interesting and we wouldn't have a movie if none of this happens at the same time so i don't know i'm able to disassociate that a little easier with this movie and i i just like it and i and that as they say is that i I don't know (laughs) but i'm I'm glad that it's a little bit different i think that Mm. like uh, it's a good sort of starting off point to to talk about this movie because i am a little bit more forgiving where you might not be and i think that'll be fun to talk and elaborate yeah yeah i mean i will say that i i don't think it's it's uh garbage in that sure um, yeah like i mean 
like let no more time go by before we mention the name Patricia Clarkson. Uh, I was so glad. And I can't believe I forgot about her. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, go. no, I mean, so, I mean, that was like that one scene that like her scene. Yeah. That to me, I was like, where is, where is the beat? Where's be- her nomination? Where's her nomination? <laughs> this is like, I, I know I, I just did an episode on in the details of Patricia Clarkson, um, sits on the stairs i think and i feel yeah. like i need to do another one of patricia clarkson fixes her collar because oh, yes. jesus christ that moment when the camera zooms in and then it doesn't cut it just kind of veers it moves mm-hmm. from one to the other and she's like adjusting she's just doing all of these like micro gestures as she's getting into this speech to me that was i was like okay this is great like I'm glad that I had to buy this movie on YouTube um, because now I have that scene in my life. Um, yeah. And like, I mean, the the first half of the movie, I was kind of like, I was like, oh, it's like I was getting restless, I think. And sure. then as it kind of got into, now I keep forgetting which one's Vicky and which one's Christina. Yeah, I have it, I have it listed here. Okay. So Scarlett Johansson is Christina mm-hmm. and Rebecca Hall is Vicky. I don't know a clever way to remember that. That's but, um, fine. I um, Yeah. Uh, Vic Becca Hall. There we go. Um, <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> Chris Scarlett Johansson, and so <laughs> it's gonna work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I start. I think I really grew to obviously not like Vicky because that that was a narrative I really disagreed with. Whereas I think actually Christina's narrative grew to be very interesting. I appreciated when she got to the point of like, I can't live like this. And I know I don't want the traditional, but I know that this isn't sustainable. And I'm a big yeah. fan of that narrative of like, mm-hmm. this isn't sustainable. And like yeah. people calling that out, I think that's like, I don't know. It I I appreciated the lesson that she was learning there. And I... Mm-hmm. I felt like it was one of those moments of if I was writing the scene or if I was her in the scene, I think that what I would feel is like, none of this is about me. I am just here as an object for you two. Like I am here to kind of keep these two joints in place, but it's never about me. And I don't mean that like in like a self-centered way, but just to like, you know, when is it Rose's turn? You know what I mean? Like when, when am I, when is the narrative about me? You know? Um, Yeah. And I think that that's like that I thought was was an interesting like thing to kind of think about of like, wow, like that's that I, it wasn't really even a narrative in the movie. It was just like an extension of that of that concept because you were saying like the the themes the movie's exploring, what it got me to think about was like, yeah, you know, that people kind of romanticize the idea of like a third, you know, the unicorn. But it's like from the unicorn's perspective, like what's their story? They're just an object. Yeah, it really is an interesting angle on that too. Um, what do you think of Scarlett Johansson as an actress? What is your relationship with her? I I appreciated her in this movie. I actually think that she mm-hmm. found some very real notes to play. I think that Woody Allen makes everybody neurotic, whether they like it or not. Yeah. Everyone has yeah. a everyone has a slight stutter, you know, and so yeah. she adopted that. And I I think because it becomes such like a Woody Allen fixture that it gets a little tired. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, now here's Scarlett Johansson's impression of like, you know, nervous and, and stuttery, you know? Um, but I think that she was, I think that she was good. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't as much your fan of Rebecca Hall, if I was being honest. Oh, that's so interesting. I don't know what it was. Like, maybe I just kept wanting her to be Kate Beckinsale and it wasn't. Um, I don't know. Yeah, she has such an... And she's like a hybrid of a whole bunch of actresses. Yeah. Like, I feel that she... She's such an interesting bird. I th- 
I really liked her a lot in this movie. I, mm. Besides the fact that her character is, you know, totally selfish and the person that you don't expect to be making, you know, the decisions that she is making because it's so almost to like beating you over the head at the beginning. It, it literally, they the narrator tells you like, Vicky is type A personality. She has her life laid out for mm-hmm. her and, and, you know, and Christina is the free spirit who doesn't know. So, um, but I will say kind of going with that narrator vibe, I guess it kind of almost feels like a book, like a short, like, like a novella almost, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's, it's this sort of, it does help. I think it, it has its, uh, its benefits also too, but, uh, yeah, I like the structure. I like, I think yeah. some people really hate the narrator and they hate yeah. kind of what that does to the movie. Um, I think it keeps it moving, you know, because mm-hmm. the movie does kind of really take its time. So I think that kind of gives it a sense of like um, purpose other than just like watching people kind of like tour around Barcelona. Um, sure. Yeah. I, um, I, I mean, we, we could keep talking about Vicky Cristina Barcelona or we could dive into, because there's a lot of nominations to talk about this week. I know we have, we have a lot on the docket today. So let's, let's please. Okay. Cause I like, I found that there are some years where, and this year being a shining example, where we need to look at both best actress and best supporting actress to Ooh, I love really that. understand the landscape because this year is an interesting one. And mm-hmm. I have expanded my research. I've even taken notes. Um, I lied. I took notes because <laughs> I have the nominations from the Oscars, the Golden Globes, the BAFTAs, Screen Actors Guild and the Critics' Choice. Wow, these are important. Colin. Yeah. So if you'll all indulge me, um, I, we all will. <laughs> yes. yes. So let's. Okay. Let's. Okay. Lots of interesting. So let's start with Critics' Choice because that's just you know, um, not one of our main ones that we talk about. So Critics' Choice Award. This is the year of Kate Winslet bouncing all over the nominations and oh, yeah. for different roles. This is Kate Winslet's year. Year. So in the Critics' Choice Awards for Best Supporting Actress included Marissa Tomei for The Wrestler, Taraji P. Henson for Case of Bu- Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I'm going to do that Broadway thing and call it just Curious Case. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh my I God. love when you do that on All Right, Mary, too. That's, that's great. She was in a production of Curious Case. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's like curious incident. That's what people. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Um, they would call it incident. Incident. Yeah, Yeah, that's even worse. Oh my god, awful. Oh my god, what's what's the call time for incident? Yeah, (laughs) ugh. Um, (laughs) So so then there's uh, which I've not seen or really even very familiar with. um, Vera Farmiga in Nothing But the Truth. I don't know what that is. That is, yep. And then uh, Viola Davis for Doubt and Vicky Cristina Barcelona, Penelope Cruz. But Kate Winslet won. For the reader. Yeah. For best supporting? For best supporting actress at Critics' Choice wow. Award. Now, stay with me because this roller coaster gets loopy. Yeah, uh, it does, especially at the Globes. Yeah. Wait till those Globes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'll show you a pair of Golden Globes. <laughs> You're talking about Goldie Hawn doing. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my God. She was on something. Those. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Best actress that year. Nominations. Uh, Melissa Leo for Frozen River. Are we at the Globes now? We're sorry. still at Critics' we, Choice. Excuse still me. At Critics. Okay, Excuse sorry. me. I should be clear. So this is just Best Actress, and the reason okay. I'm talking about this is because Melissa Leo, because she's a you know of previous course, episode, yeah. it, it's worth BSA. mentioning. Um, previous BSA, Angelina Jolie for The Changeling, Kate Blanchett for for 
uh, curious case. What? <laughs> Kate Beckinsale, not to be confused with Rebecca Hall, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for exactly. nothing but the truth. And then Critics' Choice Best Actress tie Anne Hathaway in Rachel Getting Married and Meryl <gasps> Streep in Doubt. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So forgot about Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get to what do we got here? The Baftas. Let's talk about the Baftas. Baftas. So BAFTA's Best Supporting Actress. Um, I have this too. It's a weird one. It's a going. weird one. Because, yeah, I mean, there's like, you know, Marissa Tomei, obviously, um, Amy Adams. Uh, Viola Davis does not get nominated. But instead, Tilda Swinton gets nominated for Burn After Reading and Frida uh-huh. Pinto for Slumdog Millionaire. And which I, was Best Picture that year, which, too. Yeah. So. I just don't remember her. I remember her being good, but, I mean, sure. we're talking about BSAs here. Um, and, of course, Penelope Cruz won. Yeah. Best Actress um, at the BAFTAs. At the BAFTAs. Angelina Jolie for The Changeling, Meryl Streep for Doubt, Kristen Scott Thomas for I've Loved You for So Long. Kate Winslet was nominated both for Revolutionary Road and The Reader, and she won for The Reader for Best Actress at the BAFTAs. Wow. And some would say that her role in Revolutionary Road, I think, was Best Supporting Actress. It was like more of a supporting role. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I'd say so. That's that's a, a tough one. Yeah. yeah. So then we okay. Then we get to the Globes. Then we get to a couple of crazy Globes because BSAs, Penelope, Amy, Viola, Marissa, Kate wins for the Reader. Then for yeah. Best Actress, Meryl Streep for Doubt, Kristen Scott Thomas for I've Loved You for So Long, Angelina jo- Jolie for Changeling, Anne Hathaway, Rachel Getting Married, and Kate Winslet wins for Revolutionary Road. Yeah. Wackadoo. Then we get. Uh, they're both great speeches too. Oh, they're I really great. That'll be a fun year to 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 go. Because uh, yes. we can do Golden Globe nominees and winners. We yes, we've got rules oh, here. W- yes, we can. Yeah, this is a Montessori podcast. We just do what feels good. Um, <laughs> so then we get to the BSAs for the Oscars. We get to okay. the moment at hand. Now let's talk first just about Best Actress, and then we will get to the most important category. Yes. So. Best Actress nominees, Meryl Streep for Doubt, Melissa Leo for Frozen River, Angelina Jolie for Changeling, Anne Hathaway for Rachel Getting Married, and Kate Winslet wins for The Reader, Best Best Actress. Yes. Okay. And thus we have arrived. So that was, that's, so, I mean, just to review. Quite a road. Kate Winslet won, she won an Oscar, she won two Golden Globes, uh, and a BAFTA, and a Critics' Choice Award. For not all for the same, not movie, all though. for the yeah, same movie or the crazy. same category. Yeah, that's insane. Such weird redistribution of mm-hmm. categories too. That that's a little strange. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about our first episode, like the definition of what, how is something a best supporting actress versus best actress. Clearly, uh, it there's no rules. Yeah, not that year. So let's get into the BSAs. Yes, please. Um. And uh, as I always like to give the disclaimer, is that some years we have nothing to say about the BSAs. Some or some episodes we have nothing to say. Some episodes we have a lot to say about the fellow nominees. Um, this may be one of those episodes. So, without further ado, we have Marissa Tomei in The Wrestler, Taraji P Henson in Curious Case, Viola Davis in Doubt, Amy Adams in Doubt. I have been waffling on. I am dying to hear your thoughts on these fellow nominees. 
Huh, okay, so here we go. I'm going to start with Taraji. I'm just going to not get her out of the way. That's no, not you know the way that I want to phrase that, but kind of. You know, yeah. I think she's the first to talk about. It's um, her first nomination for an Oscar, I feel. Um, Only nomination? Maybe. I don't know if she was nominated for Hidden Figures. Um, Ooh, which I, I think she should have been, but wasn't. I forgot uh, to put that on the list I sent you. The list. The oh, that is the list. <laughs> that is the list. <laughs> the one with the list. <laughs> um, I'm just looking up Taraji real quick here. Um, I I saw Benjamin Button. I remember I was sort of disappointed. Yeah, that was her only Oscar nomination for mm. that. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I wanted that movie to be, but it wasn't. And I appreciate the sort of prestige around it too. But I, what I do remember um, most of all, and I think I can't remember which former BSA was speaking to Taraji when they did, when all they went during the actual Oscars. Oh, but, that was, um, that was Goldie. Goldie. Okay. And one of the things she said that I really feel uh, resonated was that like when you, you missed her and when she showed up, you were excited to see her again. She plays Brad Pitt's mother. Um, and she does, she's great. I think that there's yeah. not, it's a respectable performance. I think she, um, she is just that you want her to you want more of her um and you're glad to see her when she's on screen which is the definition of a, a bsa so i'm 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 fine with that i i guess yeah okay yeah um i remember seeing benjamin button in the theaters as well it's not a movie i've seen in a while and i had a very similar feeling of like i don't know what i wanted it to be but it wasn't you know like i i did not there's those movies you go into and you're like oh man i hope this movie just like makes me ball and then you just don't feel anything you know it's like years ago in the late 90s i remember going to the theaters to see and i you probably don't even remember this movie but it was this um like rock climbing thriller called vertical limit (laughs) okay i believe that's what it was called it's not worth looking up but um I was like, you know, I'm, I'm very afraid of heights. And I was like, oh, man, this movie is going to have me just, like, sweaty palm the whole time. There's, like, it's about a bunch of people who go, like, oh, you know, it's not even worth it. In any event, it did not make me feel those things. And if anyone's yeah. listening who knows Vertical Limit and wants to talk about it, you can email us at the v- at the bsapod at gmail.com. Yeah. We see you. Yeah, we see you. <laughs> um, but it, I also felt the same way, that it just didn't really work for me. Um anyone who's listening who has heard of or seen the play the inheritance which is now on broadway which people are touting mm-hmm. as like the next great gay play or like you know those you know watch out angels in america um sure it you know it's six and a half hours long um, whoa it was about it was definitely at least two hours too long and um as same feeling of just like man i thought this thing was gonna leave me just a wrung out puddle and yeah I wasn't. Not the case. Yeah, not the not case. Not the curious case. No, yeah. no. That was the, the, the curious case of the dissatisfied patron in the mezzanine. <laughs> Who just had the pee. Yeah. The whole time. Oh, the whole time. The whole the time. The whole time. <laughs> I have to go. I really have to go. We need to go. I have to go. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so that's Taraji. Hooray. Um, yeah. I might leave this to you because I have seen the wrestler, but I don't remember much about Marissa and I didn't unfortunately look up um, any clips to refresh my memory. So take it away. I, so this is the one that I'm really excited to actually go back and watch because I, 
you know, I was kind of I could only find like a few clips on YouTube, and I wanted to watch the whole thing, but it just you know sometimes life doesn't you know give you the hours. Yeah. Um, and I I loved what I saw, and I loved what I like mm-hmm. was reading other people talking about that like at first it's just like the hooker with the heart of gold. She's I you know the dancer with the heart of gold, but that there's just these like nuances and layers to what she's doing and to like what she's bringing to the role. And like I saw that, like I could just see like so much inner life going on in every scene that she was in and like yeah. so much like depth in, in the performance. And I thought this to me, I was like my prediction. Cause I have not seen either performance is that this is going to be like going back and watching Melissa McCarthy. And can you ever forgive me where it's like, Oh, was this the best performance or at least the one we yeah. were not celebrating enough, you know? Sure. Absolutely. So that's my feelings and my prediction on Marissa Tomei and the wrestler that it's better than anyone's giving us giving her credit for. Yeah. And especially in a year that is just crowded with all these other performances. I think I I've said this before, I think on squirrel friends too, but I would have loved to have seen Marissa Tomei in American hustle playing Jennifer Lawrence's part. Oh, right. Because Jennifer Lawrence was, I, I only saw like a few minutes of that, but I feel like, Okay. She was too young for the role. Was that the issue? Yeah, mm-hmm. It was really crazy. And like, it almost works. Like she was, they aged her up, but I was like, Marissa Tomei could have killed this. It could have yeah. been like a, uh, I don't know. I, I was, I was upset with J-Law. That was during the whole J-Law craze. The though, craze. Really. Yeah. yeah. And I really like Marissa Tomei. I, yeah, same. I mean, we've talked about it in the bedroom, but we should one time do like an off episode where we just talk about it in the bedroom, like Ooh. in full. I mean, Celia Weston's in it. <laughs> okay, talk about. <laughs> oh my god, talk about BSA moments. The, the, I know, I felt it. The, I felt it was it. just the, the my hand on my cheek. the hand on the cheek and just the fluttering oh. eyes. You, I mean, the mere n- mention of Celia Weston, and I you know. just. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna mention her later, and I hope you're prepared for. I'm it never prepared is. for it. <laughs> I'll never be prepared. I'm laying in bed crying silently. Yeah, yeah, we all are. <laughs> um, yeah, but Marissa, she's great. I, I think that um, a well-deserved nom, and I uh, I do remember just snippets of it, and I think that she, I remember the performance being great, and I was fully in support of that nomination, So, which yeah. is kind of what you just said. So, yeah. Yeah, I might actually go back. I mean, I don't know how like violent the movie is in terms. Of, I might skip some of the wrestling scenes. Um, yeah, but I I feel like I'm gonna go watch it because I just I it, it's just like I feel I hear a faint whistle tone and I'm like I need to follow it. You know? Yeah, you should. I know it's one of uh, it's one of Amanda BSA Amanda Kaczynski. Oh, um, it's one of her favorite movies. I think she really enjoys it a lot too. I think she she's talked about it a lot on Squirrel Friends, so you can text her about it. Ooh, she oh. will text you about it when she listens. To oh, this oh, I yeah. hope she does. I hope if you're listening to this right now, BSA Amanda Kaczynski, text me. I want to talk about it. <laughs> Good. Um, okay, so the two big heavy hitters here in this category. I think Amy's up next, and Viola will save for last. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so you just recently rewatched out this week. I did. I just rewatched it, and before recording this, I watched a couple of scenes. Ooh, so it's fresh. Um, I think I might want you to start this, and I will chime in. Okay. Um, so so go for it. your thoughts on Amy Adams Amy in this Adams. role. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's easy to remember her in this movie as just kind of being like, oh, 
it's the least showy role. It's the, you know, it's maybe the, a meeker role. There's maybe there's less meat on the bone. This, I mean, she's, I love it. She is so fucking good in this. My favorite moment, and she has so many great moments, but my absolute favorite moment is the wordless scene of her watching the kids learning the dance and she's kind of like and she's kind of like clapping along yes and then it's like her seeing father flynn and all of that and like just the the, this sort of face journey that happens throughout that scene she manages to make this kind of like simple sweet woman and you know it kind of as like Whoopi says you know someone who's like a, a relatively new nun like there's so much of an iceberg underneath that of this like young nun who's like you know you think of the story of why did she become a nun, you know, like what was the personality type that, that led her to that. And, um, I don't know, like, I just, I see this very, someone who was always this meek and always this quiet. And that was just like the safe direction to go. And I, I think that she, she adds so much life to sister James and so much like nuance. I mean, there's that word, but like, there's just so much nuance there. I mean, Watching Doubt the whole time, and like this is, this is talking about, you know, the whole movie now. But it, I, I think about Amy Adams' performance within this, is I keep almost wishing that this movie was made in the '60s and it was a black and white movie mm-hmm. that was made. Like I just I feel like there is a certain style of movies of that time. Like I'm thinking of The Children's Hour. I'm thinking of, like it was a movie we talked about when we talked about Rita Moreno, um, because yeah. that has a BSA nominee. But there's like, there's a certain I guess I'm thinking of that, for for example, because there's a scandal in that movie, but they can't actually say out loud what it is. And it's so much about – it's actually very much like a sister, you know, to this movie. And I think – I totally recommend watching it because I feel like the style of the children's hour is kind of – I would love to see Doubt done that way. Yeah. And there's something about that. And I feel like Sister James, like the, the role of that within that style would be very interesting. If yeah. that makes sense. Like if you take her performance and you put it in a different aesthetic, it like shines even brighter. Yes. Yeah. I think so too. Whereas it I, elevates. Yeah. Whereas I think that doubt is played with a very large score and with very like with Merrill and Philip Seymour Hoffman. And like, there's a sort of sweepingness to it that I could see how she could get lost in this. Yeah, I think in the movie from it's been a while actually since I've seen it, but I I did watch uh, Viola's scene, of course, before we started recording. Just before we started recording, so mm-hmm. it's it's fresh. Um, I it there is I do want a little bit more intimacy in that movie, and maybe it's because I mean it, obviously it's a play, so it's uh, sometimes the if you want to call it a trans adaptation is the word I'm looking for from from stage to screen is tricky it is and i i who directed doubt was it john no john patrick shanley wrote the play did he also direct it it was written and directed by john patrick shanley okay i'm interested in that i i don't know who's in whose hands i would rather place doubt in Mm -hmm. but um yeah i don't know if it's direction or you know i'm i'm just thinking as i'm seeing that and i'm gonna verify this with one more because once you have three, you've got a you've got a trend. Is yeah. um, <clears throat> I feel like, oh okay. Um, 
so sorry, what I was trying to prove, and I was trying to see if the wrestler was also written and directed by Darren Aronofsky, mm. but the fact that would that Vicky Cristina Barcelona written directed by Woody Allen, and oh, that this so movie written and directed by the writer, I, I'm not saying this is a sweeping gest- like sweeping statement, but I feel like sometimes when the writer directs something, I'm I agree with it. Because, like, I feel like uh, Roman Polanski, you know, he wrote the adaptation of Rosemary's Baby and he directed it. And I, yeah. and I appreciate that because it's, like, a very specific idea. And, I, and if, you, if you can communicate, if you can write it and communicate it effectively, then great. I see the benefit sometimes of having a separate writer and director. Yeah. You know, of, like, someone, like, I see how it's possible to be too close to the material. And needing another person to look at it and bring a, a fresh eye to it. Yeah, and maybe that's it. I don't, because I think the scenes that work best, I mean, I just think of that one scene, and there, there's probably a couple too, but like just Meryl and Philip Seymour Hoffman just sparring back and mm-hmm. forth mm-hmm. in that office, and it feels so right because it's just like this little room, and they're just letting, you know, the dialogue do what it needs to do, and the camera work is good. And, and then there's other times where, I don't know it because the, there's only four or five characters in the movie, mm-hmm. so it's like you don't really need to go outside. As much as I appreciate the Viola Davis scene being outside, I I would rather I don't know have that. It seems like a private conversation. It's strange to me that they're walking outside. It's just like mm-hmm. little things like that. That that's a yeah. serious topic that I feel would be ta- that would be talked about in an office, like between yeah. them. Or maybe she's trying to get away from Father Flynn, and that's the only place she can have that conversation. So I don't know. I don't know what the, um, where I'm really where this is all leading. But well, I feel um, like with I think to your point, I think it's like in the original play, like it can all take place in the office, and yeah. then in the movie, it's like so. I feel like a lot of times when plays are ad- are adapted into movies, especially like something like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf or Doubt, where there are it is a sense of like very specific locations, or like even one location. The, you can feel this anxiety to to bring it out of that space and not have the movie feel like a play. Mm-hmm. And I think in some cases that makes sense where it's like, yeah, like you have the opportunity to expand this, like go for it. Like it, it maybe what the play was trying to do was more interpretive about all the locations it was trying to show or it was limited and making it a movie really like lets the movie come to life or lets the story come to life. I think in the case of like, let's say who's afraid of Virginia Woolf where they, they very rarely took it out of like they went to the bar obviously and they're outside but i think in general the movie embraced the claustrophobia of of being in one space and i think it's okay if that happens you know like i think yeah it's so pejorative to say that a movie feels like a play but it's like well why is that so bad you know i mean like i kind of feel like what that means is that you're you're focused on the actors, you're focused on the performance, you're focused on the dialogue. And like, sometimes like I, and I'm, I'm very specific. Like I'm very subjective. That's what I want to see, you know? Yeah. Um, I would not have a problem with doubt feeling more like a play or staying more in a few locations because I think that like that pressure cooker, especially in the scene with Viola Davis with Mrs. Miller is, is key to Mm -hmm. like this, this mounting tension of like, you know, I mean, I don't know. I think that claustrophobia can just add something, you know? And yeah. And what they kind of did is, like, whereas they had this scene in the play where Mrs. Miller and Sister Aloysius could stay in the office and have this entire conversation, and it wasn't until the end of the scene where she's like, oh, I'm late, I have to get going, 
here they gave her less time and said, okay, well, I'll walk with you and kind of mm-hmm. threw in that device to kind of, I think, expand the movie and bring it to life and give it more locations. But I, I mean, it's a great scene, obviously, but yeah, what would, yeah. It, what would have happened when, even when you watch the beginning of the scene and you see the way that Mrs. Miller's kind of checking your watch and she's kind of like, you know, having the body language of being like, I need to get out of here. I think if she wasn't able to get out of there and was stuck in this conversation, it would work even better. And it would not feel like we were, you know, oh, this movie's just like being in a theater watching a play, you know? Yeah, there's so much. I, I don't know. Like, there's always that question of like, what's keeping the character there? And like, why isn't she just walking away? Which is kind of what she is doing. But it just makes sense that she's sitting nervously waiting for Sister Aloysius to come in. She comes in. She maybe even does eventually leave. And then Sister Aloysius might chase her down the hall. And, and the conversation, you know, becomes hushed. And they, they tuck into a dark corner or something like oh, that. It's, yeah. it's how I'm kind of, I don't know. Or even just like <laughs> the last scene. With all this being said, too, by the way, I still think doubt is incredible I, i'm just i think i i think that goes without saying mm-hmm. I, I the that last scene with amy adams and uh meryl on the bench i'm like i don't know one person in the state of massachusetts that would want to be sitting outside on a bench in december yeah. i just don't get it yeah but it is a beautiful scene like it makes uh and this is just like that is splitting hairs like i'm just mm-hmm. being you know really picky about that too but i um, but I could picture that scene, them being in the sanctuary, like uh, them mm-hmm. both sitting in a pew or like walking down the aisle and then her just like collapsing uh, next to a pew or something totally. like that. Like mm. how great would have that been? Like just it's and cold that, outside. Yeah. And that kind of like <laughs> allusion to like the stations of the cross, you know, to like, yeah. And, I, and this movie's full of symbolism, you know, of like course. it would have been fine. And. I'm 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 gonna be such a nitpicker, but it's so it this is set in the Bronx, but it feels like it's set in Boston. Oh no, please thank no, you for no, that. No, no, because I, it does feel like when Boston. you said that, I was like, wait, is this because this just is giving me so much Boston? Yeah, it fooled me. Uh, no, and that's in, and because I think that I think that that is I, I'm not I'm definitely not nitpicking uh, for nitpicking sake, but it does bring up something we should at least put a pin in it or talk about eventually is Merrill. Yeah. Of course. Because I think that's part of why the Boston thing is coming through is some of what Merrill's doing. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I I thought for I mean, obviously I mentioned it now, I thought it was a Boston. Yeah. I know, no, I and it's especially with like the whole Irish thing and yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. so it's yeah, it's like the Bronx in the sixties. Um interesting. But right. yeah, I um I hear you. I, I feel like that idea of the scene of having her leave the office and have it kind of still take place like mm-hmm within the setting of the school and then you know the ending having you know having it be indoors it's like yeah why would they be outside like i don't know yeah i don't know but it's it's done yeah um but back to viola because that's that's what started this whole conversation too that scene it's like seven minutes seven and a half minutes of her mm-hmm. screen time mm-hmm. and it is it is Beatrice Strait. It is, you know, I'm. It's. I mean, that's the only person I could really think of. Someone just coming in. Mm-hmm. We don't even know her or see her until we do, and then we are captivated yeah. by everything that she is saying and what she's uh, in her performance. Now, have you seen um, a famous, other famous Best Supporting Actress one scene winner, Judy Dench in Shakespeare in Love? Yes, I have. 
and I have not seen it, and I, you know, I've, I've probably resisted it because I'm such a Beatrice Strait loyalist. I'm like, what do you mean you won for one scene? What do, yes. What, what did you do? So do you remember that being a particularly great performance? I mean, that is going to be a complicated episode, too. Um, I'm going to be I'm going to I'm going to throw the nitpicking right back at you, Colin. It's actually two scenes. And I think it might even be three. She comes at the she comes. She's like presented with the play. She sees the play at the end. She sneaks in and that's like the last thing. But there's another scene where like uh, she's on her throne and she just says like, a, I mean, I'm it's fine but like it's it's no Beatrice Strait and it's no it is certainly not a Viola Davis so yeah. when we get to that episode that's gonna be uh, I have such doubts but that that is my quintessential go-to when I talk about actresses or even actors that won for the wrong movie mm-hmm. and just were swept up in that whole Shakespeare in love um I love Judy everyone who's listening we you know we love Judy mm-hmm. um so that's a whole other can of worms that uh I'm going to put a pin in for now, but we'll, t- we'll get there. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Good. It's a good act one gun. Um, yeah. I'm keen to see it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, for me with Viola Davis, it's, there is, I mean, the, the whole performance, and it's so, it's so measured. And when you really watch mm-hmm. it over and over, there really is like all of these just like, it's in the script as well, but like she finds all these nuances of just like, you know, accepting this for her to carry so much weight and to do it like without overplaying it and, and to only really let us see how heavy that is in the end. I mean, when she, to like, I, when she says, do I ask why the man is good to my son? And she does that thing with her face, that like bulged eye. Like it's like, she's holding everything inside of her. Like it, it's, it is, I can't even describe it. It is such a fucking amazing moment. Mm. I would have given her the Oscar for that moment. I, yeah. It's just so powerful. I, I it's it's one of those moments where I'm like, I don't know what you just did, but it is this is this is next level acting. This. Yeah, she's I think it should have gone to her that year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I think it's safe to say we're not saying it, but I think that's kind of the where we're torn here um and i the restraint that she has and the because you want you almost want to see it you almost want to see her lash out because meryl is prodding enough and she you know she prods quite a bit she says what kind of mother are you Mm -hmm. that's a big usually like invite for the mother to be like what you know right she does say those things she's like with all due respect, you don't know anything about me. You don't know that she keeps her cool because she has to. She has to. She doesn't yeah. have the she doesn't have the privilege or the right. Oh, she has the right, but she doesn't have the privilege, mm-hmm. you know, to she doesn't even have the time. You know, it's like I can't stand here and get in this fight with you. And it's it's such a like I I think that the the whole idea of like it's just till June, you know, like uh that that is where she lands of like he just has to get till june like this this affair has to go on till june like that she's justified in some way that he's not too young is what i'm trying to say that she somehow managed to say that like this path is this predatory path is still better than like 
you know, what he's surrounded with, you know, or like what his other options are. Yeah. Yeah. The alternative and what is, yeah, exactly. And that's as a mother for your son too, especially when she, you know, cause the father's not any help. The father's beating him, right? Yeah. 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 The father like would kill him if he found out about this. I mean, yeah. So yeah, she is just like stuck and she knows she's stuck and, she's known for a while. Like that's like the character work. Like how long have you known about this? Mm -hmm. Like, did you know that that's what, did you suspect that that this conversation is what was going to happen today? And I feel like she did. I feel, I don't know. There's, there's a little bit about that, but those are just the fun things to kind of guess and speculate about because Viola Davis can pull that off. She can show you that without, yeah, I don't know. I just think of that opening scene in The Help where she looks at that picture of her son on the wall and you know everything that happened. Yeah. You know everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, when she, she sa- is. Yeah, when she says about like, you know, you can't, you know, you can't blame the boy for, you know, what God, you know, made him to be. Like, you can't blame yeah. him. For, like when she, that she is not at a place of like, well, you know, I have to just deal with this sin. Like, she doesn't see her son as being gay, as being an inherently flawed thing. She sees it as, like, this is how God made him. You can't yeah. fault him for that. Like, that that's also incredibly progressive for yeah. for that time and for, you know, where she's from and, and, and you know, the po- the popular opinion that, you know, she's probably mostly hearing about gay people in the 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, You know, it's like... I just like see her as just like this incredibly strong woman who's not able to do anything with it. Yeah. That's, that's a really good way actually. Yeah. Cause it's, it's such a clear win for me. Um, and I, I don't know, especially since going, getting back to Penelope for just like a moment here too, it was the only acting uh, nomination for the Oscars. Like, and even, and there, mm. I think that um, mm-hmm. Rebecca Hall was nominated for a Globe. Um, I think but, so, yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's it's like Penelope, I don't want to say she didn't need to win because she's, she could have, like you said, in an, any other year or two. And I, I just don't know what momentum she had, what was going on behind the scenes that, uh, that got her that win. But, I mean, we'll get back to it in a moment, too. But the performance that Penelope was giving us wasn't bad. And I think that there is some good, some cool things to celebrate with that. Uh, but it's it's not, I don't know. You look at this and it's it's hard. It's, it's yeah. such a clear choice. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that, like, when you look at what Viola Davis does with this role and, like, just, like, the how incredible this performance is, mm-hmm. like, how how much economy there is like there's just so much about this scene and this performance and like that moment that like you know and of course goodness gracious how have we gone this long and not even mentioned the boogers the snot acting yes. best supporting best supporting boogers <laughs> best supporting boogers it is um, it's a uh, it's cold out there it's cold out there tissue if i were to do um uh, in the details episode about this scene, it'd be like Viola Davis doesn't wipe her nose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and why that's such a great choice not to because I, she just yeah. Same thing for fences. Oh you know, oh oh oh! I can't. Which is even wait. more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she takes it next level in fences. I having seen the fences scene, I forgot that it it was more snot. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how much she elevated it. But this and that moment when she says it's just till June, and then the tear falls down her cheek. 
mm-hmm. and the boogers are in the new no new nostril. It's it's just. I mean, I I I think what I love about it, of course, is that you know it's not just a device like free of vanity. Viola Davis, free of vanity, you know, yeah. and I think that um, that's exciting to watch. I I I love her. I could watch her like in anything. She's one of those people who's like, oh, Viola Davis is in it. Oh yeah, I'll watch it. Sure. Yeah, I'm in. And I just think of like an actress preparing for that day on set. How do you how do you get in that frame of mind within like, okay, I got to do this scene and I have, you know, seven minutes of dialogue that I have to kind of, you know, with Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah. Who um, I, I watched her introducing Meryl's Lifetime Achievement Award at the Golden oh, yeah. Globes. I watched that. And she talked about like just how she like – you know, how much she admired Meryl Streep and how she like never said anything when they were acting together and she couldn't believe she was in the scene with her. And what it made me think was like, you weren't just in a scene with Meryl. You stole the show from Meryl yeah. Streep. You stole yeah. the scene. Which, if we could just talk about Meryl Streep for a second before we get to Penelope. Shall we? Because we're in Doubtland, you know? We're in the Bronx. Yeah. Or Boston, who knows, you know? Um, <laughs> it could be one or the other, honestly. Um, yeah. Meryl in doubt. There is there is part of me that loves this performance Mm. and thinks, oh, I know this woman and I love again. If this were in the 60s, this kind of like it makes me think of this is kind of a a slightly obscure reference because we haven't really talked about her. But um, I could see Anne Bancroft doing this role. Ooh, um, there's a lot of women that could have done, done this role. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could have been a game we played had we been thinking. I know, I know. I mean, and Dowd, obviously. And Dowd and oh. Dowd, yeah. Yeah. Um, they just changed the movie to Dowd. <laughs> <laughs> With a T in parentheses. With a T in parentheses, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, even like just think <laughs> Dowd. Dowd. Like thinking through the years, I mean, yeah. I, th- this is, I mean, even on stage, like Cherry Jones, I think, originated the role and won the tony um and then the woman who played mrs miller she won the tony as well oh i didn't know that yeah adrian lennox so i always thought that was really cool too that like it's the same size role in the play and uh Mm -hmm. she won the tony for that so that's awesome yeah um but there there are moments with meryl where i wonder if she's chewing the scenery is that terrible Ooh. Marable, Marable, Marable. I don't know. I don't know why I said that. I just did. I just jumped the gun. Well, it's done. It's in. It's Marable. It's in. It's Marable. I feel like uh, Nino West here. A legendary. <laughs> Anyways. Um, here you are with just the snot running down your face. Just yeah. No vanity yeah, here. Marable. I, I love Meryl in this role, too. I, I, I thought you were going in a different direction, actually. Oh. I didn't know. You took a turn. You took a turn. Mm-hmm. But I, with that being said, I think, you like you like you just said, there's... Is it... Who are we just talking about, too, where it was... Oh, like Melissa Leo. It's like, is like, it... Towing that line oh, of camp yeah. and scene chewery, um, or is it great? And I think that it is great but i now that i know that it was supposed to be a bronx accent i'm kind of questioning this a little bit too as far as like i mean she committed to it and i feel like her accent work you know uh is great and like every almost everything she does too but i i did not pick up on that and i i think that Mm. there's they sound so similar to i do not know the specifics between i've never had to do it 
or study those dialects before. So um, I imagine it would be hard to kind of d distinct or like to, to be, to toggle between them and kind of commit to one or the other two. Mm -hmm. But um, I just remember, I don't know. I, I think I might've talked about this before too. I think I was living with Amanda at the time too. And I, I think I just like smoked one afternoon and I watched doubt or a chunk of it. And it was that scene with her and Philip Seymour Hoffman and just those little face journeys that she takes, because one of my favorite ones, if there is something to say about that Viola scene is when Viola Davis says, then what do you want from me? Or why mm. did you call me here? And Meryl knows that she's, she doesn't, no, she doesn't yeah. know. I mean, she knows, but she doesn't know. She she thought that this would be an easy conversation, that the mother would be on her side, and it would be you know an ally almost, and and the yeah that, that the this would hunt. appeal to her like greatest yeah concerns. yeah, and it didn't, and yeah. she knew that this wasn't going, and then she's like, and then she softens and said, and she's like, it, it, you know, nothing. It turns out nothing yeah i mean I, there's moments in that scene you know like when she kind of recoils and says you know what kind of mother are you and like she pulls back and it's i love it and then it's like but it's it's very broad choices and like that all being said a a sort of principle in the bronx irish catholic you know nun it is not out of the realm of possibility for her to be kind of uh, like this to be a bit, you know, overbearing and and a bit mm -hmm. too much and and a yeah. little batty. It's the New York coming out. Yeah, yeah, and I don't. I like that, and I also feel like, you know, that they they talked about this like on Project Runway, or you know, I think like fashion in general. It's like, it's a good. Th it, it's considered a good thing if like you kind of love something and hate it at the same time. Like you're stirring yeah. up so many emotions, and I think. There's something about this performance, and again, in the 60s, I could see someone, like an aging actress, do this in like, because Anne Bancroft wouldn't be aging at that point, but I feel like another actress would do this, and you could almost say it's like a grotesque performance. And sure. I kind of love the idea of, of, of Mother Aloysius or Sister Aloysius being a sort of grotesque performance. Um, mm -hmm. I like... I I like that there is room for camp in this car in this role. Um, yeah, and I I think that you have to be so careful about where you play those campy notes. And yeah, I feel like it's a yeah. I'm not saying I don't I don't I'm not saying Meryl is not good in this. I'm saying that she yeah, stirs yeah. up a lot of feelings for me about this about her performance, and I think that's interesting. Yeah, I wish I would have watched it again to be honest, because I I'm kind of drawing a little bit of a blank because it's been a while mm. um it, it's but worth I, a rewatch there's there's yeah there's I some really so. good stuff in there especially with amy adams you should rewatch it and just like really watch every little thing amy adams is doing because it's okay it Gladly. is i was not giving her the credit where it's due i still think her best performance is june bug i have not seen everything she's been in but the best thing i've seen is june bug but yeah. this is really, really good. And that scene at the end when she's like, you know, when she says that she can't sleep and like there's just that like she plays this this conflicted note of just like sadness and anger and anger at Sister Aloysius and like despair. Like it's it's such – and her eyes are just like – it looks like she's on drugs. Like they're just so wide, you know. Uh, I, I, I admire that. I think that Amy Adams is – oh my god. She's so good in this. 
yeah she's in that perpetual state of like always she always has like tears welling up in mm-hmm. her eyes but never cries it's just she's so on the outside fragile is the word that i would give to her mm-hmm. but she's not in certain like she's she's finding her way through how do i say this because like the whole thing is like she she is like this sort of foil character to sister aloysius because she's obviously the she's the alpha and Mm -hmm. she's the beta too but like there are moments where she knows that she has to say she has to like stand up to her every once in a while and and that's fun to watch or even just seeing her and like you could tell she gets along with philip seymour hoffman and she's kind Mm -hmm. of under his spell at the same time too but um yeah it's it's a good lens to watch it through i'm i i I need to do it yeah yeah time um and then it and then we can you know answer the the important question of like coming away from this do you feel like he did something do you think something happened do you not um i i think that there's i i certainly have strong opinions of what i think um well i love that it's you know uh, watch it and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. We'll do a doubt follow up. Yes. Um, clever name to be decided. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, Couldn't yeah. think of it in the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, okay. So we, are we, are we fulfilled with these nominees? Are, are we, uh, we have we, done with doubt for the moment. We are, we are. I mean that yeah. I feel like in, in some ways that was going to be the feature of the of the episode yeah and i think that was the intention it's i mean it is it's just it is a movie uh dedicated to acting you know um but naturally or unfortunately or alas uh we have to move on uh the winner of course that year was penelope cruz for vicky christina barcelona as maria elena and uh as we like to do here at the bsa pod (laughs) at (laughs) gmail.com our full name um <laughs> we like to give a moment of, of of listen to her acceptance speech at the oscars this of course was the whole video is like seven minutes long because is, yeah they have all these previous bsas come out to describe each actress and the impact of their performance and i just want to say the longest speech was for viola davis good it, that it, without a doubt um and so uh that if you want to see all of that you can find that on youtube but here is just penelope cruz's acceptance speech oh, <clears throat> it's not going to be 45 seconds i can say that right now <laughs> Has anybody ever fainted here? Because I might be the first one. Thank you so much to the Academy. I want to share this with my fellow nominees and with the amazing ensemble of actors that I had the privilege to work with in this movie. Thank you, Woody, for trusting me with this beautiful character. Thank you for having written over all these years some of the greatest characters for women. And I cannot talk about great female characters without thanking my friend, Pedro Almodovar, for having made me part of so many of his adventures. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Vigas Luna and Fernando Trueba for giving me my first two movies. Thank you, Harvey Weinstein. I want to dedicate this to my parents and to my brother and sister, to my friend Robert Garlock, who is not with us anymore. 
and to everyone who has helped me from the beginning, and you all know who you are, and I thank you from my heart. I, I grew up in a place called Alcobendas, where this was not a very realistic dream. And I always, the night of the Academy Awards, I stay up to watch the show. And, and I always felt that this was, the, the, this ceremony was a moment of unity for the world, because art in any form is and has been and will always be our universal language. And we should do everything we can, everything we can to protect its survival. So I thank you so much, and I have to say something in Spanish because everyone, todos los que desde España ahora estén compartiendo este momento conmigo y sientan que esto también es de ellos, se lo dedico y a todos los actores de mi país. Muchísimas okay, gracias. So thank you so much. This is, we, we have a trend of, um, you know, uh, problematic men, uh, Woody Allen, uh, Roman Polanski, and now yes. twice Harvey Weinstein Ugh. has been thanked oh. sort of on this podcast, but really through these speeches. Um, and, you know, the way that Penelope Cruz thanked him, there seemed to be a pain of like she had to do it. I don't know if there's a yeah. story there. Uh, I'm not hoping for that, but, you know, there are trends. Um so we apologize that Harvey Weinstein's name is getting mentioned on this podcast in a celebratory way. He's a garbage kid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. Um, lovely speech. I, I don't know what she said in Spanish at the end, but I love that she did it. Yeah, I think it was great. Um, I do always think it's really cute when she says, has anyone ever fainted? Here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. She says, has anyone ever fainted? Pause here. Here, yeah. Because I might. I I certainly think she was surprised. Um, to, yeah. To be up there, I think anyone would be. I. But that's also refreshing to see uh, mm -hmm. as well too. Like because she had sort of this momentum going for her already. Um, yeah, I guess she hadn't never been know. winning, right? Like I guess I mean she didn't win the Golden Globe, and yeah. Um, I mean she won the BAFTA. I think she won. She didn't win the Critics' Choice. It's not like she was sweeping the awards. Yeah, it was kind of hit or miss. Yeah, I think there were other awards that she was getting, other sort of you know Critics Circle awards. But um, you know, I mean, in a year like this, I mean, I think with you know Marissa Tomei has won an Oscar before. Amy Adams had already been nominated a few times. You know, Viola Davis. I don't know if she'd been nominated for anything yet. I don't think so. But like. I mean, you know, I feel like Taraji P. Henson was the one where everyone was like, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah. But it's like, yeah, anyone, I think there were reasons for, at the very least, Viola Davis or Amy Adams, I think, were strong competition. And I can't believe they did not win in any of the other, like, major awards. Yeah, that's something to talk about. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think, I mean, I, I can, I won't go back and dive through all the awards, but I mean, uh, yeah, I, I just... It just goes to show you, right? Like, amazing performances that just, you know, say what you want. Magic in, in, in you know, masterclass in acting, but uh, don't win the Oscar. Yeah. I I would love to just know the stories behind the scenes mm -hmm. of those Oscar races and campaigning and who's voting for who. All of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that? I don't know if he called it an autobiography or just like a, a sort of yeah. you know, commentary on that. I mean, know, I guess it would be history. called for your consideration, but it would be confused with for your consideration. Um, yes, that's which true. Is yes. A great movie. We just did that yeah. as a Patreon recently on All Right Mary. Nice. And oh my have you seen it? No, it's one of the few that I have oh, not seen. It's really good. There's some great actressing in it. 
Yeah. Okay. There's some great ladies. It's and great men. List. Yeah, it's worth it. Um so okay, let's just get to the matter at hand. I am I've already given my my act one gun. What do you think of Penelope Cruz in this movie? <sighs> okay. I think that the the fieriness, I, I think um the the fact that she's able to speak in her, you know, in her native language too as and the Spanish acting is far I don't want to say far better, but like there's a level of that that really, really lends itself well to um, to her performance. I think that that a lot of that was improvised. I think with any Woody, Woody Allen movie, that that's kind of a given that he allows his actors to do so. Um, I like watching that scene of her and Javier Bardem like fighting mm-hmm. uh, in like the alleyway. I feel that it's so like European. It's so Barcelona. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but on paper, or just watching this movie. I don't know if it's something that I would say, yes, that that's an Academy Award performance. I would say this is a really good performance. And this is, um, you know, it kind of, she arrives at just the right time. Like you said, maybe she should have arrived a little bit earlier because you said you got a little sleepy <laughs> or a little, I just kind of waiting for I her. I did. Yeah. yeah. And I think even this time watching it too, I was, I was wanting her to, to show up a little bit earlier as well. Um, but it's, I mean, my favorite scene is the this uh is the three of them sitting at the table with cig- with her holding that cigarette. oh with her with that cigarette oh yeah, my god talk- yeah it's great so there's some great cigarette acting here too yeah um so overall I think that this is a very good performance I I think that I don't know if it's like because you think of words to say I think it's a great performance I think it's a solid performance I think that um she does very well and she is acting on this sort of different wavelength because it's written that way too. Like she is this sort of storm of chaos and um, fire that sort of just plows through this movie. Um, But I do, I will say that last scene is a little crazy with the gun. Uh, That's, that's one of the scenes that's so clunky to me. I don't get, because it happens so quickly and then it's over so quickly and I don't know what's missing from that. I don't know if it's like another monologue from her or something, but I I I was okay, I went in with Viola Davis clutched in one arm and Amy Adams sure. clutched in the other and was like these are my babies. So, I don't care what happens. These are my babies. And I you know, got through the first part of the movie where she wasn't even in it. And I was like, yeah, God, this movie sucks. Oh, God. And that sucks. I, sorry. I, no, I, I was, I was like, yeah, this movie's like, Patricia Clarkson's here. That feels good. Um, I recognize the guy who plays her husband from Veep. I really like him in that. And so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So like, I was like, okay, this movie is fine. And, and no, I didn't have anything against it. I guess it just was kind of slow moving and I just like, wasn't awake enough for it. And then, Penelope Cruz shows up and I'm like, okay, yeah, my memory is this is just like one note. Like this is just not that interesting. Nothing really happens. And I resisted and I resisted, but she was totally hitting that frequency for me. I Mm -hmm. get it. I get why she won. I get why she was nominated. I get what people are responding to. I get that there is something about this performance that is so volatile and so committed and like, interesting and and like moving 
above like uh, there are moments in Woody Allen movies where an actor can sound like they're just trying to get Woody Allen's dialogue out and they just have to find their way around his rhythms even if it's not how they act and she somehow managed to find this way for it all to sound really natural and like for her to be able to like it's kind of like when people do sort of modern interpretations of Shakespeare and they manage to kind of like do the Shakespearean, you know, dialogue, but while doing sort of, you know, natural, you know, naturalistic, modern, contemporary actions, you know? And I felt like she was able to do that. And I think when she went to a 27, it was great. Like it was just, it was as big as I wanted it to be. And it made sense. And I forgot how big she got and that there were levels. Um, I think the scene at the end of the gun does kind of come out of nowhere and feels a bit like a device to get, uh, Vibeka, Vicky out of, um, out of the story. Um, and, and maybe trivializes that them a little bit. Like, I think that maybe my other issue is that what we're left with is the white woman escaping these kind of like crazy Spanish Europeans, Mm-hmm. and going mm-hmm. back to her normal life and it's like there's no resolution for them like they're just yep. always you know fighting in the streets you know and it, and and that's i i felt like oh that's sort of an interesting kind of like oh those crazy locals you know sure. um but i, I like I, I wanted to come to this episode and say oh god viola and amy were duly robbed and i am saying i get it and in another year, it would have been different. I I do love just the idea of her character, too. I love that um, in her relationship to Javier Bardem. And I think they they started dating soon after this, or they oh. got married soon after this, too. Um, oh. Yeah, and they are still married. Isn't that crazy? I did not know that. Oh, you didn't? No. I Googled it the other day just to make sure, too. I said, our, I think 2010 and on um, is when they were married. Wow. Yeah, which is great. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I think it's still the case. I I mean, unless Google's lying to me. But, yeah. Uh, I, I think that um, when... I, I don't know. I like the idea of like a crazy artist. I like the idea that she's unpredictable. I like the idea that she... Um, has really no filter and I bet that she can hide behind uh, the language because like that's I mean that's one of the greatest tools of knowing a different language is you can talk shit on anyone in the room and they don't know mm-hmm. what's going on uh, yeah. um, I uh, I do like it I do I like you said too that I, I don't want to um, but I I think there's just something about this film that I really love too and I, I don't know how to articulate it too but it just makes me feel good i don't and in with that being said like there's a lot of bad things that happen in this movie i think the idea of me when i was watching this movie had never been outside of the country so this sort of romantic idea uh i'm seeing it kind of through uh you know christina's eyes Mm -hmm. just like i want to go to spain and just i'm tagging along and i'm gonna sleep with every boy (laughs) (laughs) sure right but there is that sort of um uh, that want and need or yearning for that sort of um, artistic storm of this relationship that happens between the three of them too. And um, I think it's, I think we need to talk about Javier in this. I think um, we do. I think yeah. we do. I, it was, I mean, it was just when, when we, when he first shows up on screen, I was just like, Oh my 
god. <laughs> I know. It's almost unfair how yeah. handsome and brooding and just sexy he is. And at the same time, completely unconventional sexy, right? Like, this is not yeah. like Antonio Banderas in the 90s. Like, mm-hmm. he... He, there's something about Javier. I mean, to me, this is a quintessential example of an expression from a movie called Kissing Jessica Stein, which you need to put on your list. Um, okay. uh, Jackie Hoffman's in it. I don't know if that helps. But in any I event, mean, that, yes. <laughs> doesn't hurt, word. does okay. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but sexy, ugly. Like someone who is sexy, yeah. ugly. And I can't mm-hmm. remember who they. I think in the movie, their example was like Harvey Keitel. And I don't know if that reads for me. But Javier Bardem, 110%, where it's like. It sort of doesn't work, but it all works, you know? Yeah. His nose is fascinating to me, the way that mm-hmm. his nose is shaped. And, um, ooh, him in that red shirt. I mean, I was just turned on the entire time. Every time he was on screen, he's so quiet and, and um, sensual, really. And one of my favorite lines that Scarlett Johansson says, because <laughs> he's – for anyone who hasn't seen it, he's just trying to sleep with Vicky and Christina for the first, you know, their first couple interac- interactions. And so he asks them to go upstairs and Vicky says no. But Scarlett Johansson says, I'll go up to your bedroom, but uh, you have to seduce me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I'll go to your room, but you have to seduce me. And yeah. it's just like, I was just like, get her, Jade. I was just like, <laughs> yes. I was like, can we see that? And then the seduction isn't really much of a seduction either, too. But I, I wanted a little bit more of that, but also fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, like a Woody Allen movie is like a, you know, a man never has to work that hard for it. <laughs> yeah, right? I feel like he always makes sure, you know. And I also yes. feel like just not for nothing that Chris Messina's character, Doug, was kind of like the stand-in for Woody Allen. Like, that's who he would yes. have played, you know? Yeah, for sure. He's shorter than Vicky. He's kind of, he's got that that edge that he, t- he tells some dumb joke. Um, he, Yeah, I feel like he would be, uh, that's the role that Woody Allen would play if they were doing this in 1978. Um, yeah. yeah, uh I mean, Patricia Clarkson, I think I had completely forgotten she was in this. And I think is next to uh, Penelope Cruz and I think next to Javier Bardem is the third, like, reason to see this movie if you don't mm-hmm. have other reasons. Like, yeah, he, she is so good. She is so good. Every moment is so, like... I I just I'm obs- I I think after doing that in the details episode and just like watching like every detail she did for two minutes I'm just like oh my god this woman is always doing something like there's yeah. so much texture in her performances so um, come for the Penelope Cruz going out of 27 certainly stay for the Javier Bardem in the red shirt and don't leave <laughs> without trying the Patricia Clarkson I know honestly that couch scene is so great. Yeah. And devastating all at the same time, too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's... And her story is, like, so sad. It's like, well, that's... She's never going to leave Mark. That's it. Her chance yeah. passed her. And it's like, God almighty. I know. You just want to shake her. And I wish that, you know, Christina did. Or Vicky did. Sorry. Vicky, yeah. Yes. I'm getting them confused. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and also the way that they are able to live in Barcelona because they're staying with um, 
Patricia Clarkson and and Mark mm-hmm. played by Kevin Dunn from yeah. Veep, like you mentioned too. That, that this beautiful sort of villa. Oh, it's it's like I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do I make that happen? Yeah, and yeah, and, and can it be that Patricia Clarkson? Can it be Patricia Patricia Clarkson's house? Can I like go hang out with her yes. in Barcelona? Oh, How do I please. do that? Yeah, I um, want to just go take uh, pictures. That one frame of penelope cruz just like tossing her hair and holding that cigarette up mm. against that like graffiti garage i want that like in a frame yes uh she is so unbelievably beautiful yeah oh yeah that those it's shots crazy it moved into iconic territory totally yeah um i feel like if this was a a, a different movie that more people loved it did win the golden globe for best picture yeah, comedy comedy or musical yeah which is interesting um, for me yeah that kind of feels a little bit out of nowhere but i feel like if people really love this movie to a greater level like those moments or shot those shots would be kind of like the same way we think of like annie hall and like diane keaton in the pants you know yeah of course um, yes i will say one thing I, I you know as we're as we're coming down the 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 stretch here on vicky christina barcelona is that i do I don't want to say I struggle with, but I do find it interesting how there's so much, and this is such a big tangent to go on in the 11th hour, but just casual lesbianism. Yes. Never yes. happens. There's never casual homosexuality among men. But like, yeah. oh yeah, I slept with her. No big deal. Like the fluidity of that is constant. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be, by the way. That's fine. If that's true and and, and whatever, great. I I do feel like in the hands of Woody Allen, I am not I am not prone to yeah. believe that it is being portrayed terribly accurately. But just in general, I feel like that kind of like, oh sure, why not? Yeah, you know, I, I feel a connection. Let's go to bed together. That never happens with male characters. And Yeah, it doesn't. No, it just never happens. And if it, it is done, if it does happen, one of the men always needs to be predicated as like one has to obviously be like, well, he's gay. And then the other one mm-hmm. has to be like, there has to be some kink in the armor, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I wish it was more of that, but it's it's like you can get away with the yeah the other one a little bit more. And yeah, it's it, it makes me feel a little, I don't know gives me the not not obviously not two women kissing giving kissing gives me the willies but it, it is written or it happens because woody allen wrote it and there's two yeah. gorgeous women get to make out yeah. and even in that scene it's not necessarily any i don't know i wish there was some sort of dialogue rather than her telling the story um yeah i feel like it's so shoehorned in there you know yeah. like i feel like if I was close friends with someone. I mean, I don't know. I guess the whole idea is that Christina doesn't live, you know, by traditions and, and you know, maybe that she, you know, keeps her, her sexual options open. But I don't know. They don't really, like, portray that in her character until that moment, until that, like, confi- that convenient, like, fantasy of, of experimental lesbianism, you know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of yeah. feel like it doesn't... You kind of—I just feel like I wish it was more earned. Like I wish it—I wish we knew Christina was bisexual or pansexual or whatever the whole time. You know? Yeah, yeah. Other than like just American girl trying things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, or at least what she thought she wanted. So right. I mean, you can't falter at the same time, but it is—it is a little clunky. 
in the yeah. writing, I guess. And I guess just because it happens all the time, and, and it's like that can keep happening in movies if it wants to. I just wish it happened uh, in other gender expressions as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, it's so, I mean, I, is it safe to say we've, we've, we've explored some complicated, uh, nominations this week. And I think, um, I said at the top that I had such doubts. I think my doubts, my sense of conflict to bookend that is I want to say that Viola Davis should have won the Oscar. Yeah. But I'm, I don't think that the wrong, I don't think that. Penelope Cruz shouldn't have won. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, like, yeah, I think yeah. so too. Um, I think that she should have won, but I wish Viola Davis won. So that's where I land. Yeah, I think the same here too. It's it's hard. Those That performance is so hard to ignore. As good as Penelope was, should have gone to Viola. But um, but like you said before, and, and I, I, I do agree, there is... Penelope's hitting all the notes that she needs to. Mm-hmm. She's she's giving us BSA vibes. She's going to the twenty seven. She's a unique, interesting character that you want to see more of. Once you are introduced to her, you want her to be on the screen all the time. Mainly yeah. just like talking shit <laughs> against uh, Christina because that picnic scene is great. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And it leads it leads me kind of into the moment that she wanted. Uh, I, I oh. think we're about there. Yeah. Unless you have other things to. No. To wrap up. No, uh, this well. is yeah. this is the moment. Um when did this she win it? Moment. Uh, because there is no heartfelt speech. Um I think that like some runner ups for this moment is I think in that gun scene when she puts the gun down and sort of breaks down, I like that a lot. I think that the 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 dialogue that she says there and just that is her twenty seven, I feel, that we get to see. Um that's a close one. But Actually, uh, something that made makes me laugh every time I watch this movie um, is when she's at the picnic table and um, she said she says to Scarlett Johansson, she's like, "You don't know any Spanish," and she's like, "No, I studied Chinese." And I don't know, it's the cigarette. She goes, "Chinese? Why?" And it's mm. so quick and so sharp and really funny. I. I don't know if she like even ashes her cigarette, but I I laugh every time because I watched that clip before I watched the movie. Um, it's it's calculated and it's uh, she's just crazy. I don't know, but it's funny and I think that that's it's it's a very very small moment, but mm. I I love it a lot. I love um, that. I can picture her sitting there with. It. I remember that scene very. Yeah, so Chinese. yes, I know. Yeah. Um, and then she talks about how Chinese sounds strident and mm-hmm. is not a beautiful language, but she says it in Spanish. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's really funny. Wow. I love it a lot. Yeah. I think my moment that she won it was right after that. It's when she has this, or maybe it's right before, no, it's right after, which is the cigarette in her mouth when she gets up. And after Christina asks her if she's a painter. Oh, yeah. And she, and she goes in that whole thing and she's got the cigarette in her mouth. She's like, influenced or influenced, influenced. And she's doing that. Influential. And, Influential, 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 yes. influential, influential. And like, you know, your vision is my vision. Like that whole moment, mm-hmm. I, I pure gay whistle tones. I was like, this is great acting. This is great <laughs> acting. And I just like, I, I had to give it to her. I was like, she's mm-hmm. she's killing it in this moment. Um, and she's just like, she's she was just like, oh God, it was so good. Like, yeah, it's a says, gr- ask him, ask him, ask him, ask. It's a great performance. And I yeah. love that. It's not just reduced to like 
um, it's not Sofia Vergara in Modern Family. Sure. Like, I think that was what this role could have very easily been. And mm-hmm. she found so much more nuance. And I think that's why she deserved to win. And then it's taken, even when she goes off into the distance the first time, she actually comes back and sits on like a separate bench and still is going off on a rant mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, she works the, like the, around the pool. Yeah. All of that is just such a great moment. Or even when she says, yeah, I'm thinking of all these other, in the bedroom after she takes a shower when she first gets there mm-hmm. and she's talking to him about her. She's like, I don't like her for you. I don't trust her you know that she's not right. Mm -hmm. Um, Just there, you can tell what their relationship is without, I mean, it's partially the dialogue too, but just the way that she, she's looking out for him in a way that, um, I don't know. It's fun to watch. Yeah. It it, it is a fun performance to watch. It really is. It's kind of a weird adjective, but it is fun. I think it's like, cause you, you don't know what she's going to do. She is Mm -hmm. um, kind of off the hand, flying off the handle at any, any, she's an artist. She's like a wild, fiery artist i i um i also love the scene when she goes to visit juan antonio's father mm-hmm. and juan antonio's father who loves maria Elena right too. So right I loved her getting out of the car and hugging him that was kind of fun yeah yeah i i agree i feel like there it's it's fun to watch her and that is so like that goes on the list of like quintessential best supporting actress it's yeah, like am i sure. am i having a good time watching you it's like you know sandy dennis and who's afraid of virginia wolf i just love watching her oh yeah yeah it's great um Wow, uh, you know, right. would never expect to have come out of this just loving, uh, feeling that that the dis- the right decision. You, you didn't make yeah, the yeah. wrong decision, but <laughs> yeah, I can't help the disappointment. Anyway, I know it's still there, but it's it's less. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that, of course, brings us, of course, uh, of course, of course, to uh, our final segment of the of the week, which is our BSA of the week, which, as you know, is a performance an actor a person a thing a food a song anything in your life that is acting as a best supporting actress in your life right now um sakatumi what is your bsa of the week all right so um i have a runner-up that i'll talk about real quick that i talked about in squirrel friends very quickly this week on our episode but kian and i got a tv for our bedroom wow it is giving me a lot of joy uh, we really went back and forth of what, if we needed it, if we wanted it, like, is this going to be, are we just going to lay in bed all day? That's not what we really want, but it's perfect. It's really nice. Is and it? um, <sighs> especially in, at the end of the day, and especially in the wintertime, if you're just like walk, you know, watching TV, winding down or waking up in the morning and just kind of, uh, you know, entering your day with some, you know. Some Good Morning America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It be. But it's nice. So that's my runner up. But my best supporting actress of the week. We had the privilege yesterday. Keon's friend from work. Her name is Jess. And she has um, an, an aunt who lives in Pittsburgh. And there's this beautiful area of Pittsburgh. It's called, called Mount Washington, where it's just like above the city. And there's, the view on any part of Mount Washington is great. And um, uh, so we went to Jess's Aunt Bernie's apartment oh my god weekend at bernie's i know full name bernadette but um she's just aunt bernie and Mm -hmm. i met her once before and what i really loved about aunt bernie we we went to this picnic outside and she brought pistachios but they were shelled pistachios wow 
that is big class. and energy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes, I mean she is the definition of you. You already know who Aunt Bernie is. I don't even have mm-hmm. to like say anything. Yep. Really, she shells her she, pistachios. I got everything I, I need know. to know. And uh, the apartment was gorgeous. The view was stunning. We had uh, wine. She had. Uh, she gave me some scotch. It was beautiful mm. and. She was she's so dynamic and and lovely and funny and outspoken. I was like, ah, oh, this is like this is one of the characters in that movie about like the ushers that like she like Aunt Bernie is a character. So mm-hmm. little did I know, and I knew this, but I I guess it just slipped my mind that Aunt Bernie is an usher. No at one of the theaters downtown in Pittsburgh. She works at the Benedum. It's called the Benedum Center. And she has, she shared a couple stories because it, it got brought up. And I was like, you know, I was like, I've had a couple, you know, glasses of wine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, she is in that movie. And I'm just like thinking about that movie again. And one of the stories, <laughs> one of the stories that, I mean, it, it it's just to kind of further this moment of synchronicity really is that um, she was like, she had another story about one of the hotels downtown and she was complaining about it because there there's this and this was happening, but it was like funny. She knows how mm-hmm. to be. She's very much like almost like a Weezer and steel Magnolias, you know, mm-hmm. she aunt, aunt Bernie is that, that sort of. Okay. That's energy. what I was picturing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you'll never guess what the name of the hotel she was complaining about was Colin. It was called the Weston. No. <laughs> Who complains about a Weston? I know. It was like, and I, I just like almost, I just smiled to myself. I was like, oh, this movie is getting written like tonight. Yes. And I, I yes. need to this start is a it. sign. Ugh. Aunt Bernie is one of the characters. Mm-hmm. She's playing, she's an usher already. And I, I said it. I said it at the table. I was like, you know what's funny? I didn't mention the Weston part because yeah. I don't think anyone would have got it except yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I was like, I, w- I was thinking about writing like a play or like a script or something and about these like group of women that are ushers. And uh, it's just funny that you do that. And she's like, oh, she's like, I've got plenty of stories for you. Tell you like, and I was like, well, we might have to I might have to come back and you might have to tell me some of those stories. Yeah. Because... If you could just let me know the date so I can plan to be there. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was a hoot and uh, just a whole bunch of things just lining up. The universe just nudging me in that direction was such a treat. I love it. I love it. Anything that takes you closer to the Usher's story. The you know. I know. I, I the call, show must go on. The show must go on. I call it Red Vests just as a working title just so nobody yes, knows. Yes, I think so I just, too, yeah. The Red Vests, you know. Um, I love that. I love that like an ant. You got an ant as a BSA this week. Yes. Just in time for the holidays. What a gift. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I honorable mention my BSA of the week is Viola Davis in Doubt. I mean, it was just a rediscovery. It was yes, just like, Jesus Christ, course. so good. But, and this, you know, as we're, we are the, you know, wrapping things up here, this may be a huge topic um, to present, but here it is. I recently finally um, saw Judy. Oh. I saw Judy. Did you see Judy? No, I have not yet. So I don't want to influence your opinion of the movie. Sure. This is just an independent point of view, but I did watch it with two other friends who I see a lot of theater with and we kind of, you know, yeah. I, I kind of I respect unpacked their opinion. Yeah, we all yeah. we unpacked it. Um well, not so much afterwards because we didn't finish it because we hated it. Wow. We 
hated it. I mean, like, it, we got an hour in, and we were like, I can't do this anymore. This is just so heavy-handed. And I don't know what Renee is doing, but it's not Judy. Wow. So that is not my BS Savvy, but it's just a, a setup for my BS just Okay, okay. So Judy, Renee Zellweger, okay, what I would say is this. If you watch it from the lens of Renee Zellweger is playing a washed-up singer-actress who's got a drinking problem and drug problem but isn't Judy Garland, it's kind of an incredible performance, Okay, if not terribly specific, but not Judy Garland. It's like, wow, this is like so – there's so much going on here. It's almost like a drag performance. Um, Yeah, yeah. But if you watch it with the idea that she's doing Judy Garland, I appreciate that she might not be doing a direct impression the way like Judy Davis was. I feel like I read somewhere someone saying that, well, she's doing – her performance is a lot like the way Judy was. Like a, there, there's a lot of, you know, mannerisms and gestures and ticks and things like that. And I get that, but I don't think that's what's happening here. I think it's just like a weak Judy impression. Um, yeah. Or just like a, it just isn't working. It doesn't work. It did not work for me. And um, so we all turned it off and we, we, we were going to do was like kind of a Judy, Judy Garland, like double feature. We we're going to watch Judy and then we were going to watch Judy Garland's last movie. I could go on singing. Ooh. So we watched, I could go on singing and my BSA of the week is Judy Garland because after watching Judy, even Judy in her last movie in the sixties, like a few years before she died and before like everything that when Judy was set, you know, in 1967, because the movie came out like 64 or something. Um, even at that late stage, you, it's just undeniable, like just the star power that she has. And just like, Mm -hmm. she has these moments, these nuances, these, these small little notes that she plays, like that are throwaway moments that like, it's like no one told her to do that. And she just like, I get it. I repeatedly get why she's amazing. You know, like I never forget, like, it's not hyperbole it's not just like gay fandom you know fanning out it's Mm -hmm. she's legitimately an amazing performer and um i was grateful to have that opportunity to appreciate that even more um kind of in contrast to somebody trying to capture that you know yeah absolutely oh renee that's that sucks that being said she will win the oscar she will you think she will i think that she will, unless like Charlize Theron wins for this like Fox News movie, yeah. where she's playing Megyn Kelly. But I think yeah. that Renee's. I mean, a lot of people are loving her in this, and she's already won a couple awards. So uh, I kind of wow. think she's got it in the bag. But man, do I disagree! And I like if Adam Sandler wins Best Actor for Uncut Gems, I'm over it. I'm. I, this is a year. I 2020 needed some hindsight the year we quit the uh, the, the year we start the westons Th- that mean, is the this... th- i think that's what's happening here i think cancel the golden globes because she'll probably win that too cancel the oscars i want the westons and the westons <laughs> i guess and aunt bernie will be the host and aunt bernie the, will host she'll be on the red them. carpet yes <laughs> now what camera do i look into yeah. yeah oh yes exactly that is her energy i love it so much oh <sighs> Well, to Judy, yeah, yeah, to Judy. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm happy to hear dissent to that opinion, but I, I'd more want to hear what did people who loved her in Judy or loved Judy yeah. what tell me what it was. I need Jason Powell 
and Ryan O'Connor. I need a Lady Watch oh, episode. Like, that's what I've been waiting That's for, what I, I need. I don't know if we're going to get that. I feel like that's what I need. I just need them yeah. to tell me what to think because I don't like it. Yeah, I'm sure Jason Powell has so many things to say. Yeah, we should ask him, I guess, another time because, well, guess what? We're getting played uh, off. We are We're getting again. Played off. It always happens. Oh, God. Does. You think I, like, edited in the music at a certain point. Um, <laughs> with that being said, let's wrap things up as we're being no- motioned to do. Um, uh, as Penelope Cruz once said, this will not take 45 seconds. Um, <laughs> no, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say <laughs> So where can, uh, where can our lovely listeners find more of you in this world? Uh, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kachanov, and they can also find me on my two other podcasts, The No Good, Very Bad Gay, and The Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour with BSA Amanda Kaczynski. How about you, Colin? Well, you can always find more of me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance. Um, or you can find me on All Right Mary, uh, Queen Out on Drag Queens. And um, I think we're going to try to squeeze out another episode of season seven before All Stars 5 starts. Nice. Um, I don't know if you and Amanda are ready to dust off season seven ever, but maybe we'll collab one more time before we yeah. finish the season. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Um, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. Um, and where can they find if they want to? If people want to reach out to us as a BSA pod um, at gmail.com, how would they reach us? <laughs> <laughs> well, like you just said, they can send us any emails, their thoughts on Judy, their thoughts on Viola, anything that we talked about. We love talking about this, uh, obviously. obviously. So send us an email at the BSA. Ooh, the BSA pod at gmail.com every every week I can't say it you know? it's okay though and they can also find us on Insta no not Instagram one of these days I tell you <laughs> on Twitter at BSA pod you know well, as Vicky says in the movie she says I'm quite delighted with the way things worked out when uh, Juan Antonio asks her about Doug so I think that's that's kind of a great way to wrap it up. I think so. I think we are not sitting here with such doubts. We, um, yeah, we, uh, we know, we know what we don't want. Yes. (laughs) What we don't want. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'll see you at the Westons. Yeah. And really kind of, (laughs) yeah, kind of the way to wrap this up. That's it. And that, as they say, (laughs) that, you want it? Do you want it? I don't know. I'm like, it's only till June. How do we run this? We can't. (laughs) We can't end it by saying it's just wet anyway. It's just till June. Yeah. So, bye. (laughs) Bye.